Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Praying Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. Today I'm going to be interviewed by my friend Melian Quinteros of Dominion Fire 360. He is also the host of the Heal the Sick podcast. Melian received an email from a listener asking about sleep paralysis. In our interview, Melian and I are going to talk about sleep paralysis and how it can be avoided. Here at Dominion Fire, we get a lot of questions and feedback from people about experiences that they've had, and we try to research and get information out to you so you have a little better understanding and can be a little better equipped to deal with it. A message came into our system from a young lady who I will uh, not name for uh, just confidentiality reasons, but she had sent in a message and had asked if we could maybe explore this a little bit and see what the story was. So I'm going to read you her message. It's actually kind of lengthy and just to give you some insight, and then we're going to break it down. So number one, the message says, I watched your YouTube video. The reason for watching it was because I had questions more than anything. I still have more questions that are unanswered. Have you ever looked into sleep paralysis? I have those experiences and have experienced terror so far in most of those experiences. The term sleep doesn't seem to fit the so-called condition, because I know with all of my heart I am not dreaming or sleeping. It's like I'm waking up in the spirit. The first part of it is terrifying. One experience I woke in the middle of the night. I looked around the room because I can sense something and I was wondering why I woke so fast. I went to lay down, but about half a foot above my pillow, I completely froze. I couldn't move, my eyes were being forced shut, and I can all of a sudden feel and hear in both my ears the loudest sound of rushing water, and like the combination of wind in both my ears. I can sense in my doorway someone or something, I was scared, beyond scared. Then I felt as though I can feel all love, joy, peace were being literally taken from me. It made the fear so intense to me because I have never felt a force so strong. I can feel feelings taken away from me, almost literally feeling it. I was scared and hadn't had a sleep paralysis episode for about 16 years. First episode was when I was 13. I tried to move but couldn't. I tried to open my eyes but couldn't. So I started to say in my mind, Jesus, three times. As soon as I did, I was able to move and open my eyes. I looked around the room again, then decided to lay back down. But in the same area, about six inches to the pillow, I completely froze again. But knowing how to stop it, I immediately said Jesus in my mind, and it stopped almost as soon as it started. Filled with terror, I turned the light on and called my sister, and she sent her husband over so I could get some sleep. The term, in my opinion, doesn't fit the experience at all. I sought out answers and even got a hold of several people who say they have similar experiences, and asked what they did before experiencing the condition, curious as to what they have done before each incident. Many have said it was the first time I read a Bible, or it was the first time I prayed. Or even it was the first time I experienced death in my family. It was a close relative in most cases. I have gone on to reading many experiences similar. In my personal experience, the first time I fell asleep listening to gospel music on a cassette player, well, that's going back, as soon as, I stopped, as, soon as it stopped, huge click those tape players used to have, indeed they did. I woke, but it was as if my body was still asleep and my spirit woke. 
I was listening to gospel music praising God in my mind and heart. Such a peace came over me. That second time I prayed that night, and that same peace I remembered feeling or sensing came over me. I sought answers because I want to know why this is happening. I have been told not to glorify Satan and his attacks, and that I am doing so by sharing what is happening to me. I don't think or feel like I am glorifying him at all. I think the experiences scare the people I share these experiences with. Pretty likely, yeah? Psalm 91.5 says, Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day. I share that verse or chapter with many who have these experiences. Knowing reading this over me helps the terror to leave me. So joining me on the phone to discuss this subject today is someone that uh, I kind of know for a while, really admire this guy. He's got a lot of things going on. You know who he is now, but we're going to stick with the original name, Mr. Praying Medic. And uh, Medic, PM, thanks for coming out on the phone and hanging with me today. So this topic of sleep paralysis and or possibly sleep terrors, this is kind of an interesting topic. And I've seen a lot of people on Facebook recently talking about it. So I'm sort of wondering if it's someone broke the ice and now it's starting to come to the surface. But if the ice is broken, let's crack this thing completely wide. What do you know about sleep paralysis, sleep terrors and the like? Hey, Million. First of all, I want to thank you for uh, having me on and discussing what is a really interesting subject. I, I've done some research on sleep paralysis and what people call, you know, sleep terror or night terrors. Interestingly enough, this is not a new phenomenon. It's been around for literally as long as man has been walking the earth. If you go and look at uh, the writings of ancient civilizations, as early as you can find, there are people that have mentioned the phenomenon of being attacked while they're sleeping and being paralyzed while they're sleeping. It is known to every culture in the world, uh, from the most primitive to the most advanced. It's been well-documented. It's been written about, although the interesting thing is, depending on which sources you read, if you read secular literature, they tend to, um, they tend to write it off as uh, like a psychosomatic condition. That's a fancy way of saying it's all in your head. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And the thing is, if you don't believe in the spiritual world, which most psychologists really claim to be agnostic about the spiritual world, you're certainly not going to think about things like demons or, you know, spiritual forces. But in cultures and societies where they do understand the spiritual world, even in non-Christian cultures, like in uh, Africa and South America, uh, tribal cultures, um, they understand pretty well that this is um, a spiritual uh, reality. And some of them have come to the conclusion that there are evil spirits that are attacking people in the middle of the night. That's the consensus that I've gotten from my circle of friends. I first started talking about this on Facebook, gosh, it was probably four or five years ago. I wrote this Facebook note and I mentioned sleep paralysis in the Facebook note. And I shared an experience that I had where I had been attacked in the middle of the night. Uh, I had had a dream. And as I was waking from the dream, I was suddenly paralyzed. I couldn't move my arms or legs. I couldn't talk. I had this sense of intense sense of fear. And I felt almost as if a net had been spread over me and drawn tight. And I, I just couldn't move. And that's that's kind of typical for how this thing manifests on people. Although everybody's experience is a little bit different. Some people report kind of a paralysis of their body. They can't move. Quite a few people report feeling like they're being suffocated and they can't breathe. Uh, it's common that people can't speak. 
Uh, it's like their voice leaves them and they're unable to talk. Some people report waking up in the middle of what they appear to them as being awake, but they are also aware that their body is still sleeping and their spirit is awake and they're, they know they're in the spiritual world and their body is still sleeping. The phenomenon manifests differently with different people, but there are some really common, uh, I think, features, one of which is intense fear. Uh, my wife has been attacked by these spirits. It's really what it is. It's, it's an attack by demons uh, or a demon. Usually they cause intense feelings of fear, dread. Uh, most people who experience it just say it's like every bit of peace and love and happiness was sucked out of the universe. And all you can comprehend is intense fear and anxiety and dread and like Everything just all of a sudden got as bad as you can think it could possibly be. And that is a really good tip off that it's a demonic issue. Because, I mean, you and I both know that one of the agendas of the kingdom of darkness is to cause people to be uh, full of fear and anxiety and dread. And the interesting thing that I found out when I started sharing this on Facebook was as soon as I posted this note on Facebook, I'm not joking, 12 or 13 people just showed up on this Facebook thread and said, that happened to me. And I said the name of Jesus, or I thought the name of Jesus, and boom, it was gone. And like this person said in their letter, as soon as they said the name of Jesus, the feelings of fear, gone, completely gone. But then it came back. And then again, Oh, I said the name of Jesus because it seemed to work the first time and boom, it's gone. And that is what I've noticed with everyone that I've interviewed over the years who has had sleep paralysis, sleep terrors, things of that nature. If you are even able to think the name of Jesus many times, almost every time, the spirit will either relent and leave completely or it'll leave for a while and try to come back. And if it comes back, if you just use the name of Jesus... Um, you'll be able to repel it. It's like kryptonite and Superman, which is really interesting about this particular spirit. Um, I, I believe that spirits specialize, and this particular spirit specializes in a couple of things, one of which is it paralyzes people. The other is it brings intense fear. The third thing that's really interesting is it's extremely susceptible to the name of Jesus. You know, like when you're doing deliverance, you can use the name of Jesus a lot on some demons, and it doesn't seem to really affect them. But with a paralyzing spirit, the name of Jesus will literally make that thing stop in its tracks, whatever it's doing. So we're talking then about, for as far as maybe category or rank of demons, however you want to call it, as a paralyzing spirit? Would that be Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I refer to it as. It's a, it's a paralyzing spirit. It just causes, generally causes uh, paralysis and immobility. And people often report that they feel like they're frozen and they can't move. Now, okay, so now someone comes under this attack. Now, here's some follow-up questions to go along with this. For instance, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is this something where it's, uh, for believers, let's say, just an external attack from a demon? Or can this be something where somebody's got something going on internally that requires a deliverance? Or can it be both or either or? What's your take on that? Yeah, my experience with this is that it doesn't require deliverance. and it's not because of some sin or it's not because of some, uh, you know, open door that the enemy has. Although I, I'm going to anticipate your next question, which is 
why does this seem to happen to people who are reading the Bible for the first time? Well, you know, actually, what I was going to ask was, and it sort of ties in, but it's because we're looking at, as you said, in all cultures, there's records of this. So obviously there's cultures that did know of Jesus at some point. So obviously it happens to both believers and non-believers alike. So there's that common thread. Right. So to what purpose would it would be and or to what end? I mean, because they say it's to instill fear, but there's lots of ways to instill fear as opposed to attacking someone while they're sleeping, for instance. I mean, do you see like a set purpose to it or is there something deeper going on or can you tie that in somehow? Yeah, I think there is a purpose to it. Um, the enemy is not completely stupid, although we would like to think <laughs> so. Uh, the enemy sometimes has some very predictable patterns of behavior. If you look at uh, how people are attacked by this paralyzing spirit, that you'll see some patterns emerge. And the pattern that I've noticed is in interviewing the people that have been attacked by them, it almost always happens when a person's heart is starting to be enlightened to the truth of God and his kingdom. It's like very few people are ever attacked by these spirits when they are kind of in neutral about God and not really seeking the truth and not seeking the light and not seeking any further revelation about the kingdom, these demons usually leave people alone. But as this person reported, it's when you start to be interested in spiritual things, you start to be interested in things like healing or deliverance, or you start reading the Bible for the first time, you start really getting into worship, you start connecting with the Holy Spirit, that is almost always when these spirits will start attacking people. When I posted my Facebook note and had all these people weigh in on it, almost to a person, everyone said it was early on in their walk with God when they were just starting to get interested in the supernatural that these uh, attacks happened. So kind of jumping on that now, is this something that you would see with more experienced believers as well, or are they just better at fighting it? Or does the demon maybe not want to tangle with somebody like that? Or is it basically newer believers or unbelievers? Or how, how do you see that? That's a good question. And that's, you know, a counterintelligence <laughs> question. I, I don't know that... That's psyops up in here. <laughs> I, I know it is. I don't know if the enemy doesn't attack people who are a little more spiritually mature and further down their walk uh, with God or not. I, I suspect that's probably the case, but I don't know for certain. I just know that of the people that I've interviewed who have had these attacks, probably 90% of them are people who would say it happened for some strange reason, right when they were starting to get interested in uh, praying for people to be healed or learning about deliverance or reading the Bible more or getting spending more time in worship. It's like they, there was a change in their heart and their mind like they were going to pursue things of God more seriously. And that's when the attack happened. It doesn't seem to happen as often with people who are well in their walk, uh, particularly in the supernatural. After you get us to a certain place, it doesn't seem to happen anymore. And I, and I, oh. I don't know why, but that's just what, I, what I've noticed. I guess then thinking of it more demonically, I guess, or more spiritually minded on this, on that end of things, I would, my question would be then if it's, the purpose of it is meant to, I guess, frighten you or steer you away from opening a new area in your life. I guess the question is, if, if a, a demon assigned to this role is that susceptible or that fearful of just thinking or saying the name Jesus, I'm sort of wondering, why would you send that guy? 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, I, I guess I don't understand why would why would you go to that trouble to attack someone when you know just invoking the name of Jesus gets rid of them that easily? Is is there any kind of purpose to that? Boy, that is another uh, counterintelligence <laughs> counterintelligence agency. I I wish I had an answer to that, but you know. Um, if you're going to send someone for attack, you send someone who's strong who's going to put up a fight. It would just be odd. You'd send a demon to come after someone who would fold that easily. Right. Why do you send a boy out to do a man's job? Basically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, we have to understand that among demonic spirits, there are all different ranks and orders and different um, areas of specialization, and different demons have different abilities and capabilities and assignments and weaknesses. One of the things that just puzzles people to no end is why they can see cancer healed and they can see Parkinson's healed and they can see blindness healed, but they can't seem to get people healed of seizures. Um, in his book, Placebo, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He was a uh, Baptist minister who had a uh, near-death experience and was taken into heaven. And he was taken on a tour of heaven and shown all the different ranks and levels of demons. And he was shown how demons actually uh, influence people, how they possess them. And he was briefly given a glimpse of the spirit that causes seizures. And he said it was the craziest thing because, number one, the spirit was almost impossible to see. It was very, very shadowy and had a very uh, hard-to-discern figure. And after he met the spirit that caused the seizures, he couldn't remember anything about it. He remembered almost nothing. He remembered almost everything else in his encounter in heaven. But when he was shown the spirit that caused the seizures, it was almost as if the spirit gave him amnesia. And he couldn't remember what he had seen and learned about it. This paralyzing spirit, I think has some very powerful capabilities, and that is the ability to instantly paralyze you and take away your ability to speak. But it has some definite, it has an Achilles heel, and that's the name of Jesus. It's very easily repelled by the name of Jesus. So it, in one sense, it's very powerful, but in another sense, it's very weak. And I think a lot of demons are like that. I think they have different areas of weakness and strength, just like humans. You know, everything that God creates has strengths and weaknesses. Some people have um, a big weakness to things like alcohol or drugs or lust or greed or power. We all have different weaknesses that we're susceptible to, and we all have different strengths. You know, one guy can stand in front of a room full of naked women, and it it doesn't bother him. Uh, But you can't get him near a bar because he'll get drunk. And another guy, he has the opposite effect. And I think... In all of the beings that God creates, he gives us different abilities, different weaknesses and strengths for for his purposes. So now, these are generally called sleep paralysis, but sometimes I've heard the term night terrors. Does this process happen only at night? Or have you heard where maybe someone takes a nap during the middle of the day and this happens? Is there some significance to night or is it any time? That is a really good question. I think in general, most people are preyed upon by demons at night because it's a time of darkness. And I think that people tend to be a little more fearful at night. Most of the people that I know 
who have had uh, demonic attacks and demonic you know, visions of demons, it tends to happen more at night, uh, particularly if you're young and you have fear of the dark. And that's one way that the enemy actually, I think, instills fear of darkness. Lays the groundwork for it. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yep. Laying the foundation. Let's attack you at night, and that way you'll never want to sleep because you're always going to be afraid of being attacked at night right, by some right. demon. Uh, I, I do know of people who have had these demonic attacks during the daytime. My wife has had demons uh, attack her while she slept in the afternoon. But it does seem to be more prevalent at night, I think, because most people sleep at night. There's a very interesting dynamic when you start to go to sleep. Um, when your soul starts to go to rest and your spirit kind of becomes a little more active and you start getting involved in dreams. Uh, a lot of people who travel in the spirit report that most of their spiritual travels happen right after they go to sleep or right before they wake up. With people who do astral projection, you pretty much have to be asleep in order to do that. There's some kind of activation with the spirit, with the spiritual world, when your soul is at rest and your, your spirit is a little more susceptible, I think, to the spiritual world and you have more demonic encounters more angelic encounters and things of that nature. It's it's not an easy question to answer why it happens at night, but I think all spiritual activity tends to get bumped up a little bit at night. And it's interesting because I was actually going to run into that, what you just said for my next question about the whole dreaming, because some people say, oh, it's just your imagination. And, you know, there's a whole spiritual element to what your imagination is. There's dreaming, which is an element to your spiritual being as well. And to clarify, some people would say, okay, you're just dreaming, you know, it was a nightmare, for instance. But I agree with you that when you fall asleep, you know, your soul's out of the way and basically you're 100% operating in the spirit depending on where, you know, what and where you're doing. So I think it's safe to say that when people go through something like this, as opposed to just dreaming, it's all the same. It's all in the spiritual realm. Whether you're dreaming about what you did that day or whether you're fighting demons or whether you're being held down, or what, it's all a spiritual engagement, I guess, is the way to put it. So I, I would definitely agree with you on that point. So when someone hears this and they are maybe having this issue or it starts popping up again, as it did in the, the message that we received, what should somebody do? How do they handle this? It's actually relatively easy to handle it. The name of Jesus is extremely effective. When I was attacked by this paralyzing spirit, it was kind of funny because I could not say the name of Jesus. I couldn't say anything. I was mumbling. I was, I just couldn't say anything. Uh, this spirit took my voice away. It, I, it was it was really kind of freaking me out. But I was I was able to think the name of Jesus. But in that case, I don't remember if my wife started praying first or if, or if I started thinking the name of Jesus. But I was, my wife kind of heard me mumbling and she was sleeping and she woke up and she heard me mumbling and she saw me kind of just vaguely rolling back and forth in bed. And she just sensed that I was under a demonic attack and she started praying in tongues. Boom, like that. She was praying in tongues. And then eventually the paralysis left and I was able to start talking again. The whole gotcha. thing, the whole thing lasted about a minute or two, maybe. These episodes typically are very brief. They only last, I mean, when you're in the in a dream in the spiritual world, it could seem like an eternity. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but in reality, uh, in Earth time, they usually only last a minute or two. And like, like I said, if you're not able to talk, 
think the name of Jesus. I know a number of people who they could not talk. And they said, if I, as soon as I thought the name of Jesus, boom, that thing was gone. The fear was gone and they were able to talk again and move again. If you're able to speak the name of Jesus and just say in Jesus name, get out of here, that will take care of it. But if you can't say the name of Jesus, you can think the name and usually it will respond to that. Have you had uh, heard of cases where it was more extended than that, where initially saying or thinking Jesus didn't get the thing to go right away and they had to put up a bigger fight of any kind? I haven't. Okay. Um, I think every person that I've talked to who's had this, and I've talked to a lot of people, I think in every case that I can think of, the name of Jesus ended the attack like that. Just boom. As soon as they got it out. S some people have had a longer battle because they didn't know what to do. I will say that. I have received messages from people who said, I didn't know what to do. And this spirit kept attacking me night after night, and it seemed like I didn't know what to do. And then one night, I thought, I'm just going to say the name of Jesus. And as soon as they did that, the attack uh, ended, and they never got attacked again. Yeah, I mean, eventually, if you figure out that the name of Jesus has power, uh, usually the attacks end. Yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bed. Uh, what's the answer to everything? Basically, is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with that, and I think you'll be okay. So. Final answer. <laughs> That's awesome. PM, I appreciate you hanging out and spending some time with me today. Thanks, Millian. It has been awesome being on the show. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.